Terence Jefferson, is that really you? It is indeed. It's been, oof. I mean, we've spoken in the interim, but it feels like it's been a while. It's been uh, one episode, which for me means I last recorded the podcast two months ago, which is very odd. Yeah, I'm an 80s word. There are people in the Slack saying, is TJ still there? (laughs) I am. I am. Um, I've had some family stuff has happened. um, Indeed. We're doing well. We're doing okay now. Um, we're doing that's grand. And uh, yeah, I just I'm looking forward to a nice app uh, and to to catch up because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that we've talked about, watched, read, seen, and or uh, other. So I'm looking forward to to catching up. Well, the, I mean that's a perfect segue, TJ. I mean enough of this nonsense. What are you writing with and on? Well, I've been writing with a Blackwing six hundred two stub for. <sighs> Probably about two months now, and it is. It's. I mean, Steinbeck would be kind. This is. This is well into stub. Uh, it's an old school one, so it had a horse on it once upon a time. Now it just says Mino, um, <laughs> <laughs> and Mino. it says Resher twice the speed. Uh, so that's helpful. Um, I sharpened it again this morning, and it probably needs a wee bit of sharpen now. But uh, I, I do love a 602, and it's that steely blue that gets me every time. So I, I'm trying to use it up, but I'm enjoying it so much I haven't rushed it. Uh, but this is an old one. This one I've probably had for five or six years, um, kicking about in some form or another. Um, so much so that, you know the way with the, when the erasers start to go a bit funky? Not, oh, yes. not dozed, but like if you, I don't know about anyone else, but for the Blackwing especially, I'll sit and play with the the eraser and pull it out and there's a little metal clip and push it back in and stuff. And so my, my index finger is black with eraser <laughs> dust. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm not sure if it's dozed or some other sort of chemical uh, imposition is happening, but it's not the cleanest on that. But I'm writing in our um, show notes book, which is the Wilder notes sort of a five kind of size, beautiful yep. sort of burnt orange color um, and a, Doc Grid, which I do love. And this is um, our show note, our official show notes book. Well, I'm saying it's our official show notes book for the podcast. Um, but I do love a Doc Grid. Um, this one's a nice size. It fits really nicely if you're using the iPad, uh, the mm-hmm. iPad Pro 12.9 with the keyboard. It fits perfectly on the right-hand side, just saying. I'm not sure they market that as such, but it does work <laughs> really nicely. I, I, I'll make a note for Rupert. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that's my current setup. Um, I haven't really used a bunch of pencils elsewhere, uh, but I am doing an awful lot of writing. It just happens to be of the digital kind. Um, plenty of Markdown, uh, which is great. Everybody loves Markdown. And then recently I've started learning uh, LaTeX, which is... Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that that the, um, fancy computer science-y, maths writing program, which is a uh, programming language almost unto itself. Uh, it's oh, I thought it was some sort of rubber fetish wear. Sorry, I, I, I don't apologize. <laughs> that, that's after ours. Um, no, it, it's fascinating, and uh, we may well talk about it at some stage because it's kind of like Markdown on steroids. And <laughs> it, you know, it, hang, hang on, TJ. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We may talk about it as a no, no, we may not. You may, and I may listen, but I think that will be the extent of it. To be honest, you, have have you ever wanted to make a PDF through excessive use of? The slash key? No. Well, then you're probably not going to like <laughs> But, it, I mean, it sounds like a wonderful skill. I mean, a superpower, 
dare I say it. Mm, yeah, for, for a very specific subset of human beings who need to write very specific types of things, yes. Excellent. Well, I, I, I can at least say that I did understand some of the conversation. I mean, Markdown, <laughs> yes, I, I'm a Markdown boy. I write all my blog posts in Markdown, don't you know? Mm. I, are, are you still using Ghost for publication? Yes, I use Ghost for um, – actually, I use Ghost for one of the blogs and I use Wix for another. But oh, yeah. um, I've done that famous thing – or not famous. I've done that amazing thing where I've said, right, okay, I'm going to upgrade the website and then just sort of lost interest. <laughs> about halfway through <laughs> and there's still sort of placeholders there and I, mm, I must get round to that Sunday oh golf um, yeah you need one of those <clears throat> famous round to it it's the shape of a coin you get one of those and you get it sorted then I, I'm, I'm convincing myself that what I need is winter because it's, it's just far too hot to consider these things your website looks a bit crap that's alright be fine be I'll get that's to it a November time. problem okay. yeah exactly <laughs> along with my fence my wall, uh, my steps, uh, the floor, all of those are things that, you yeah, know, winter, winter, TJ. <clears throat> Which winter? Nobody knows. <laughs> what about you? What are you writing with? Fancy programs or silly pans? <laughs> well, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm still buying fancy programs and then I just look at them sort of mystified <laughs> as to when apparently they expect some sort of input from me. Um, mm. No, my pencil of choice... At, Two Tennessee Reds, in fact. I had mm. a little golf pencil, which finally had its moment in the sun, where um, at my golf course they provide you with pencils. But we were playing early, and no pencils were provided. As I fear not. For in my bag, I have a selection of mighty pencils. And I plucked one out, and there it was, a little stub, Tennessee Red. Oh, sniff that, I said to my slightly bemused golfing partner. I went, uh-huh. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I scored the card very well. I did. I played well. <laughs> it was nice. Um, and then left the pencil there. So some lucky tourist uh, in, in Aphrodite Hills has, has now inherited uh, a Tennessee red stub. I've got, I've got a sort of full-grown one that I've been using. And I've been using that grenade sharpener from, from Blackwing. Mm. So it's not mm -hmm. a long point. Um, yeah. And once you get used to long points, it's quite weird to go back to a sort of normal. So, oh, what's the last is? So that's been my pencil work, uh, and I'm currently writing with my M805 Blue Ooh. Tunes uh, by Pelican, which is uh, the five at the end of 80. So instead of an 800, it's an 805, means that it's got sort of chrome finishing rather than gold finishing. Um, a Pelican M8, it, it's a big boy pen or even a big girl pen or a big, you know, could be either of the above pen. It's, um, it's lovely. It's so, um, it's just rely, it's German engineering in a pen. It really is. You, <laughs> you leave it for a week and then take, take the top off and it just writes. There's no mucking about. Pens too. Imagine a well, pen writing when you needed to write. Jeez. You might, you might say that, but in the fountain pen world, trust me, <laughs> there, there are many, many pens that if you don't give them daily love, start getting a little bit ropey. Um, so it's a nice pen, and I've got uh, blue black ink in it, so it's very serious mm. and grown up. Mm, well done, me. What have you been watching, TJ? Anything good? Uh, mm, yes, watching good. Mm. Uh, we did finish Dairy Girls. I'll start with that. That was great. So season three of Dairy Girls uh, set here. Fantastic show. If you've never seen it, you should give it a go. 
Um, I mean, it's one of those shows that cracks us both up. Megan, I said, watch it because there's people in it that, you know, not literally, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're amalgams of people that, you know, that's, that's Andy so-and-so and that's uncle thing. And that's cousin such like, they're just so on the nose and so on the money. And you're like, it's, it's like, these are clearly written by people who have experienced this firsthand. And it's so funny sitting going, yep, no, that's, I remember that. Yep. That's, yep. um, absolutely class show. Really, really well written, really good capturing of a point in time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of that, that turning point right before the, um, the good Friday agreement. Um, yep. and yeah, just, just brilliant. Just re- always enjoy it. And three seasons in, it's still, still going strong. I don't know if they're, they may, don't think they're doing another one. Is that it done? I I got the impression. I mean, I haven't watched season three, so no spoilers. But um, oh, okay, yeah. Well, well. Um, yeah. I I got the impression that it kind of wasn't going there uh, yeah. any further. And I think there might be prequels or there might be spinoffs. Mm. I think. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. you turned me onto it, and and the first episode of season one had uh, the the uh, on yeah. the soundtrack. <laughs> so so that was me done. It was like, oh wow, yeah. Oh, it's I your that. your kind of era for music. To be fair. Yeah, it's it's my it's my music, and even though I've never lived in Northern Ireland, um, I do have a large Scottish family and a large Irish family. And, yeah, I was doing the same thing. Going, yep, that's Uncle Sarah, and yep, that's Auntie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's one of the few shows that properly belly laughs. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Oh, to contrast that perfectly, uh, at the other end of the spectrum, something that that just disappointed me on every single level. Um, <laughs> the new Jurassic Park movie. Uh, have you followed Jurassic Park movies over the years? No, I'm. I saw the first one or maybe two, and they went okay. Yeah. So we're just going to keep remaking this movie, are we? <laughs> yep. And um, yeah. so Jurassic, I was yeah. right. Mm, yeah, Jurassic Park one, excellent movie. Has a real Blackwing six or two in it uh, in one of the scenes. Right. I think Samuel L. Jackson uses it. Um. Just a fantastic movie, ahead of its time in terms of special effects, in terms of pacing and story. Fantastic film. Uh, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park 2, Lost World. Uh, big favourite of mine because I like the big RV truck they have it in. It gets it goes over a cliff and there's a T-Rex. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And then, as you say, they kind of just went, yeah, that again? Yeah, yeah. They reheat that, fire it in the microwave. Yeah, no problem. Just just ding, it's done. And and the most recent one is sort of the the new line of like there's three or four and um they're yeah they're not good they're just not mm. good and this one the central enemy of this entire Jurassic Park film I mean spoiler alert for if you haven't seen it but um the 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 central enemy of this film about dinosaurs was locusts uh so that was good um <coughs> and it was just it's just like, you know everything you loved? What if we just did that so many times and so poorly until you didn't love it anymore? Remember DJ, how he made what, you... <laughs> when we get to the locusts, um, was there perchance, and I'm out on a limb here, a plague of them? Yes, yes. Ah, right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, genetic engineering, all that stuff. And it's just, it's so disappointing when you have a film where three dinosaurs are fighting and it's boring. You think this is, you had all the ingredients and you made gruel. Well done. This is where we are. <laughs> so from, go watch Dairy Girl, go watch Dairy Girl season one and don't see the new Jurassic Park. Yep. I think, I think that's brilliant advice. <laughs> um, 
what have I been watching? I've I've been doing Disney does Star Wars. Yeah, you've been on um, a real kick by the looks of the show note. Well, yeah, I mean, it turns out that, <laughs> that I recently, because um, uh, I, I think I've done this before, but we have um, during the summer we have an outdoor TV. I mean, who doesn't? Mm-hmm. As one does. <laughs> so, so out on the balcony or the terrace, that we've got a little seating area and we put a TV out there. And so I had to get um, another dodgy TV box. And I went to a new supplier. Um, and his new box was much better than my old box. So I thought, okay, right, okay, well, when my old box runs out, I'm going to go to this fellow. And the video club, and I'm doing the little sort of, um, air quotes here. The video club is sort of everything you've ever wanted to watch pirated. So I thought, oh, well, that's Star Wars Disney stuff. I wonder, because oh, I can't subscribe to Disney here. I'm not allowed. It's, oh. it's verboten. Of course. You cannot yeah. watch Disney in Cyprus. No. Okay. So um, I'll just watch it for free. Great work, Disney. You must be so proud. Um, and I started looking through, and I thought, okay, so what have they done? What have they done? I remember, because I listen to podcasts, oh, yes, the, the Mandalorian, that was one. So I watched that, a couple of seasons of that. Um, there's a bloke in a helmet. There you go. That's all you need to know. Um, mm. Then the book of uh, uh, Boba Fett, mm-hmm. which seemed to get, the Mandalorian, I've always sort of heard good reviews about yeah. And the book of Boba Fett have been a bit sort of lukewarm. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was kind of the opposite. Um, really? Well, the book of Boba Fett is a Western. Um, it was. In a lot of ways, so is The Mandalorian. But just, yeah, it's, it's more of, well, The Mandalorian The Man with No Name movie. sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, really? yes, it's more of a yeah. Yeah, wandering uh, samurai type thing. But yeah, I can see the illusion, the, the allegories they're going for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, The Mandalorian, as you say, I think is samurai. The back of Boba Fett is a good old-fashioned Western, and I always preferred Westerns over samurai movies. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's Disney. Um, I mean, the question has to be asked. I mean, Stormtroopers. I mean, what, what on earth is going on with the Stormtroopers? I mean, why are they wearing armour? It doesn't stop anything. People just punch just stormtroopers and they fall over. Um, whoa, well, the problem is straight most, through the army. He got me right in the chest. Um, <laughs> most of the people they fight have literal swords made of lasers, so it's a little harder to... No, but teacher, I'm sorry, it's not true. If some tiny little animal goes and punches a stormtrooper, he goes down like he's been hit by a sniper bullet. Well, maybe they just can't be bothered. They're like, oh, no, you got me. Oh, yeah. I got it. Oh, I smashed him on his shoulder armor. That's him gone. No, honestly. Um, and the the most recent one, which I'm not sure whether I've watched the end of or not, is uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi one. I have not seen any of it, but I, I may well, I have a flight coming up and I may well watch it then. Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor, Big Brown sort of gang thing, uh, you know. Not much is going to surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> That's I do I'm love Ewan say. McGregor though, so I, I, I mean, I, I watch it for that. Yeah, 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 there is that. Um, but the big question that everybody's asking is how are we going to get him to suddenly turn into old Obi-Wan in the space of about 20 minutes? Well, there's about 20 years between those two, the two shows. No, but the Obi-Wan takes you... Anyway, you, you'll know. Oh, you'll, does it you'll right, know oh, when it runs get right up. Yeah, it sort of moves you a bit closer. They'll probably um, do like a Saving Private Ryan where he like stands beside a headstone and ages 30 years. 
<laughs> good bit. I mean, in fairness, I mean, he does go through some experiences that would slow me down a bit, I'll be honest. But um, <laughs> I'm not a Jedi Knight, so who knows? Um, Yet, and I also, there's always time to. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm trying to become an MBA, not a Jedi. Um, uh, and I've also been watching some extraordinary cricket, which I appreciate means nothing to anyone. But Oh, no, those, those were in that movie, the, the big ones in Jurassic World. <laughs> No, 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 not that sort of cricket. This was a uh, yeah, five-day game. Oh, there was plenty of time for a kip. Wake up occasionally, see a wicket. Chortle in a very English fashion. Oh, it was lovely, TJ. And then at the end, <laughs> um, and I've, I've already used this line earlier, but uh, this is from Hugh Grant on Twitter, said, and, um, Johnny Burstow, hitting that ball... Like it had attacked his grandmother. Uh, so, some astonishing cricket. Um, even if you're not into cricket, look at the last day of the second test, England, New Zealand. Astonishing. That was very exciting for, for an old English person. Very exciting. Mm. Listening. What have you been listening to? Uh, bits and pieces, mostly just background music stuff, but one song in particular did stand out, and I think I've recommended its constituent parts before. So there's a band called Mother Mother, and they mm-hmm. have a song called Hayloft, uh, which is great. And then a few years after that, they released a sequel to that song uh, called Hayloft 2. And cool. then recently... The imagination. I know, right? And it's it's the uh, Roman numerals as well, rather than the, the Arabic numerals, so it's, it's proper classy. Um <coughs> They then recently released Hayloft 2, in brackets, parentheses, Smash Up, which is those two songs mixed. And it's a really, really good mix. And the songs are thematically similar, uh, musically similar, but distinct. And so there is a there's a jump and it is really, really well put together. The kind of how you balance these off each other. Um, So, yeah, if you want to listen to something a little bit different, I think you probably listened to the first song before. Mm-hmm. But listen to Hayloft 2 Smash Up by Mother Mother. Really worthwhile. And uh, that's one of the, the songs that have been blasting out in the Cosgrove household. Oh, very good. Well, I've been doing my usual podcast stuff. Um, I'm, I'm having to rationalize my podcasts. I've got too many middle-aged men talking about Apple, uh, which won't come as a huge shock to anyone. Sorry, right, we'll get to it after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. We can do that later. Um, and I've also discovered how much I miss music. So I'd got to a point where I was defaulting to podcasts. Mm. Um, and this, I mean, this is really sad and very niche, but uh, I've worked out that I play better golf if I've listened to music uh, on my way to the golf course than if I've listened to a podcast. Um, it's something to do with the mental, mental space it puts me in. And so I've been listening to a load of, well, mostly guitar rock in my case, um, you know. And given that I'm older than God, I've got a whole sort of range of eras to listen to. So, you know, I still <laughs> remember 70s rock, 80s rock, 90s rock, 2000s rock. Blink 182 came out the other day. Maybe think of you, TJ. Um, <laughs> I've seen them live in Dublin. They were excellent. Mm, well, I, I can't imagine what you'd been drinking before. Um <laughs> No, they're not bad. I'm I'm being harsh. So yeah, I've been enjoying the Apple sort of um, playlisty recommendation thing. Is slowly getting better. It's getting better. It's good. 
Now, to more intellectual pursuits. What have you been reading, TJ? <laughs> well, I'm almost to the end of an audiobook. I've got about four and change hours left. Uh, and it's Mount Fitzroy by Scott Ziegler, which is a sequel to Earthcore, a book I read many years ago. In fact, mm-hmm. I think I think that was the first, if not the second, audiobook I ever listened to. Um, Scott Ziegler was kind of ahead of the curve in terms of doing serialized audiobooks. Sure. And I remember listening to like 30 minutes, basically a chapter, an episode of this book uh, when we were on caravan holiday. So it must have been like 15 years ago, at least. Um, and it was great then. The first the first book was great. Then it was sort of re-released and redone a couple of times to, to spruce it up as time went on. And I reread it maybe two or three years ago. Uh, it was great. And this is a sequel to that, which is great. I'm really enjoying it. It's coming to the finale, the conclusion. Uh, there's aliens, there's mountains, there's mech suits. It's it's all good. Uh, so I'm really enjoying that. Uh, but other than that, have I been reading anything interesting? I've just seen your show note. I do have um, H.C. Marx's new book, The Library at the Centre of the Earth. It's sitting in my to-read pile. I got that yep, when you announced me too. it. Um, but I haven't started it yet. Although, as I mentioned earlier, as I teased, I have a little bit of travel coming up, so maybe I'll get some time to tuck into a nice... Nice bit of fiction on my way over. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it'll be good. I've I literally of of the library at the center of the earth by HC Marks, friend of the show. Go and buy it. Mm-hmm. Amazon links available everywhere. Um, I've I've read the first couple of pages and thought, oh yeah, I think I, I might quite enjoy this. Um, but I haven't got into it yet because I'm still slogging through the um, or rereading the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've read that. It was... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Seminal yeah, work yeah. for me. I, I remember reading Exactly. It. Seminal in many ways for many people, I think. Um, so I've been rereading that just to sort of refocus and do all those important type self-help things that one does, mm. you know. Mm. Um, but now I'm looking forward to getting to a bit of fiction. I have to say, I've been absolutely exhausted of late. When I get to bed, I'm I, that's me. I'm, I'm asleep. Goodbye. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and that's usually my reading time. So um, either I have to go to bed earlier or play less golf. I think that's probably the answer. Well, I'm not sure. Probably bed earlier is probably easier. Well, yeah, it could be. Although <laughs> we do go to bed at nine. Don't tell <laughs> anybody, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> um, but uh, no, go to bed at noon. <laughs> Miss, Mrs. L does get up at five, in my defence. So <laughs> it's an early start in the Lennon house. What about drinking, TJ? I mean, it, presumably now you're, you're onto the hard stuff, I'd say. Not quite. Uh, what have we? Didn't, haven't bought anything new, but you know, the, this is a Foster's update. So the, the 36 cans of Foster's that I bought last Christmas, I think I'm down to 10. And I did give some away. So I'm, I'm down to 10. Are they still uh, in might, date? I think until August, and then that's the that's the cutoff. So I've written done by Christmas, but realistically, they'll be done by the end of the summer, or, or I'll go off. So <laughs> you're going to give six away, aren't you? That's basically it's an what's it's happen. an aged lager stew. It's the newest thing. Oh, it's, uh, of it's course, a fine vintage. Lager. It's the fuzz. Yeah, the fuzz on the top of it that you just drink through that. Once you get through the mold, <laughs> it's really tasty. Exactly. It's it's an antibiotic to to reduce hangovers. <laughs> So yeah, I haven't haven't been drinking at all, um, but uh, I have those cans of Fosters crying out. So uh, you know, a couple of warm summer nights sit in the garden—that'd be quite pleasant, I think. Yeah, actually, isn't it warm where you are now? Uh, temp check. Let me do a quick 
20 degrees, which is pretty warm oh, for us. Yeah. Um, not quite the 27 I think London had today. Yeah, I think London tomorrow is, is getting hit with 30 plus, is it? Oh. Ooh, that's a bit toasty for me. <laughs> but that, that's normal for us. But while while you lot are getting all the all the warmth, it's quite mild. We've had a lovely June. It's been sort of mid to high 20s. We've not had any one or two days of sort of 30 plus, but this whole sort of weather confusion, which mm. I'm sure is, is, you know, is very, very bad news ultimately, um, is, is quite nice <laughs> right now here <laughs> in that we've had, um, you know, uh, quite a calm June. I'm expecting yeah. July to be, um, mm, I may pay for it in July. Yes, I may pay for it, I think. But, uh, but in terms of drinking, well, well, all the usual um suspects uh wine beer i've i've been very good about the strong stuff uh i don't really drink that anymore partially because i can't <laughs> it just sort of knocks me off my feet <laughs> um but also because it's quite warm so uh, you want to just keep um hydrated for which beer and wine i think i think work reasonably well to the extent that i, I may have another glass in a moment um mm. But I wrote in in the show notes that I'm contemplating the wagon again. I'm I'm still definitely sort of COVID size, uh, and I'd quite like to get back to pre-COVID size. Yeah. And the key to that maybe maybe those uh, several hundred calories of alcohol each night. Mm. Mm. <laughs> anyway, what have you been buying, TJ? Well, first off, what I haven't bought is a MacBook Air yet. <gasps> But maybe it's probably it's probably a dumb idea to spend that much money on uh, a laptop that I, I kind of I could squint and think of a reason to get it. But realistically, I could get by just fine on my iPad. But it's one of those oh shiny, like it looks really, really good. The new MacBook Air. Um, sure. And I can think of a dozen reasons that wouldn't really hold water about why I need it. Um, ultimately, it'll be me that, that foots the bill and me that buys it. So I don't need to convince Meg on this one. But Still, um, has I mean, it's definitely not just because they haven't been released yet that I haven't bought one. Um, so <laughs> we'll we'll see. They came up. We were we sort of chatted across uh, WWDC. We had a little chat going the three of us with Justin, and uh, there's some cool tech in that. There's some really cool stuff coming with with webcams and and sort of cameras and all. The, there's some really interesting tech that I think I actually will use, regardless of the the MacBook Air, but just in the iOS update and stuff. So, hmm, very interested. Um, what I, that's what I haven't bought, and I may well not buy. Mm-hmm. What I did buy is we just finalized the plans for our brand new shed. which A is brand new shed? A brand Are you going to drag it around the garden? No, no, this one is a static shed. The previous one was uh, mobile to a degree. It moved once over a couple of summers ago. We drug it. Like that's the past participle. We drug it across the garden. And, <laughs> that's the Northern uh, Irish past participle. Yeah, in, ensconced it uh, on the uh, the plinth. Uh, so my my father in law has very kindly offered to build us a new shed. He is a very handy man, uh, and so we were drawing up plans for yesterday. We have a little concrete plinth in our garden that was it, it, it. The shed was not on it when we bought the house, but it is oddly and sort of curiously shed shaped. So 
we were like, we put, we've moved the shed to that. And so we're now going to knock down what is, what is a very ramshackle looking shed now and put in something a bit sturdier, which means we'll have proper storage, which means we can put some bits and pieces out there long term. And it also means we can make a little sort of hidey hole for blue for when the weather is less clement than it currently is uh, mm-hmm. with a wee doggy door. So it, that's exciting. And that'll be sort of built in parts and then delivered to site, as it were. Uh, and oh, so we good. should have it set up probably July time, I hope. Yeah, fabulous. That's oh, that's not far away. But yeah, some nice, nice to get some extra space. Our house is is grand, but there's definitely some storage for things that it's a bit like uh, if we only had a bit more room, put a set of shelves up. Don't have it that's handy. You'd be blocking something. So having a bit of extra outdoor space. We don't have a garage, uh, so this is to rectify some of that. Right, you are. Uh, well, I've been less interesting. Um, I, I too <laughs> have been looking at the MacBook and going, mm. Mm, the M2, yes. I mean, partly that's because somebody wants to buy my M1 MacBook Air. So <laughs> the <laughs> the, motivation. there's a sort of, mm, there's a sort of, well, you know, I'd like to help a friend out by selling him my computer so I can buy another one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, largely it's. It's a sort of slightly bigger, slightly better version of the one that I've got. Is it going to change my life? No. Is it new and shiny? <laughs> yes. Um, do you have the Do you have the Air or the thirteen inch? I have the Air. Um, so I've the, got oh, okay. the M1 Air, and I've got an M1 Mini Mac Mini. And oh. the Mac Mini I'm talking to you on now. This is my sort of recording computer, um, and it sits up on the shelf uh, uh, because I'm sort of working more. Uh, more nomadically, uh, with with a little <laughs> little MacBook under my arm, I work at the kitchen table, the dining room table, or outside. Um, I'm sort of trying to get away from the whole default of sitting in front of my computer and go, I'm working, uh, because generally I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm just sort of sitting around wasting time. So I'm, I'm, I'm being more intentional about my computer use. I'm not sure that justifies spending more money on a MacBook Air M2, but mm, well... You never know. What will probably <laughs> slow me down will be the fact that it won't get here. Um, well, that's true. You'd be faster yeah, but, paying for one, uh, send me the money, I'll buy it and fly it over. It'd be probably faster, easier and cheaper. Yeah, but you'd have to buy it in the Republic and fly it over. Otherwise, you get hit for customs. <sighs> ah, but surely if, I buy, if I'm flying over my personal M2... Exactly, be taken out of the box. All that stuff. Oh dear, really? Is is this what Brexit really means? Is that what it was all about? Um, Brexit's yeah. what it means in your heart, Stu. It's, it's what was in your heart all along. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's great. I was talking to Justin about this. The politicians on both sides of that argument are sort of spitting each other, going, "Well, yeah, you know, you left. It's your fault." Get out. <laughs> and the rest of it, we don't want to be part of you, but, but we would quite like to have equality and this, 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 and this. And, uh, <laughs> we have most this people are talking. And we want Nobody's to listening. It. And yeah, also eat it. <laughs> it's like people say to me, well, Brexit hasn't worked. And I'm like, well, no, it hasn't really. But I'm not entirely sure that that's a reason to think that it's a bad idea. It's a, no, nobody seems to want to make it work. Um, but anyway... <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? I did buy a couple of Lego sets. So Ooh. I have I have R2D2. Yeah. Um the new and improved version apparently. Um uh ready to uh to be assembled. And uh I bought the Vespa. Uh Ooh. it's not life size, unfortunately, but um <laughs> both sort of 
grown-up-y, silly, geeky Lego sets. I'm currently, I'm looking for the box for my typewriter, which I built, because I don't know if you saw this in, in the 1857 Slack. Apply to be a member, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Phil mentioned he, he takes his apart using the instructions and puts the pieces back into the right bags. Oh my God, that's, that's next and then, level. Yeah, and then sells them on. I'm thinking, do you know what? That's really clever. I thought, well, if Phil can do it, maybe, <laughs> maybe I could. And then immediately went, oh, where did 50-year-old Stuart put the box? Mm. 52-year-old Stuart hasn't got a clue. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty certain I didn't rip up the box then I can't find it. So anyway, uh, so I've got those ready to go, but as previously mentioned, it's far too hot for that sort of stuff at the moment. So they may be <laughs> autumn, autumn projects, I think. Mm. Give me a quote, TJ. Hit me with some wisdom. Okay. I've been reading a bit around uh, various programs. And so this one came from that. Science is what we understand well enough to explain to a computer. Art is all the rest. Donald Knuth. Donald who? Knuth. Knuth. Aye, from the Hampshire Knuths, was he? (laughs) Uh, Well, from the other end of the spectrum, I have, uh, from a great artist, a quote for you. The English are not a very spiritual people, so they invented cricket to give them some idea of eternity. Uh, that was George Bernard Shaw. Absolutely fantastic. Playwright and wit. Um, and it, it came to me because uh, I don't want to go on to a, a tangent about Test Match Cricket because A, TJ will fall asleep and B, everybody else will. But um, it, it is a very genteel pastime and it sort of it goes on for five days and not very much happens. And there's, you know, the, the thwack of leather on willow and uh, it's all very very calm and it's quite normal accepted to sort of doze off in front of the cricket it's a very gentlemanly pursuit i'm just gonna have another gum <laughs> pims that's anyone a, yeah that sort of thing um and <laughs> of late the, the game has got very sort of crash bang wallopy and it's it's all over in sort of three days instead of five and people are like oh for god's sake why doesn't it come oh it's bloody silly um and this game was old school it went on for sort of days and days and days and nothing very much happened and one team scored 500 and something which is huge and then the (laughs) england came back replied with 500 and something which is huge and it just had the look of oh this is a proper proper old school game it's gonna be a draw Nothing's going to happen. Um, and then they got to the last day. And they, it was like they all got together and went, right, should we make a game of it? Go! And everybody, done by lunch? Everyone done by lunch? Yeah. Yeah, everybody started smashing the ball everywhere. Uh, oh, it was brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, was, it was an idea of eternity sort of followed up by just a huge rave. I don't know what George Bernard Shaw would have made of it, but <laughs> I loved it. It was great. So parish notices. Uh, what do you have to share with the 1857 universe? Well, what are we on? Today's the 16th of June. This will come out. Ooh, when will this come out sometime at the end of the month? 
Oh, but you need to speak to the editor. Well, the editor's uh, indisposed. Uh, let me see. It comes out the 27th, I think. Uh, by which stage I will not be home from my trip to New York City. <gasps> so, no, York! I think I talked about this before. I don't know if I talked about this before, if I did or didn't. I think I did. Um, we are away on Sunday. So it's Thursday now. We're, we're leaving on Sunday. We fly to JFK. And then we have 10 days in the Big Apple. Uh, see the sights, see the signs, eat the pizza, do all the stuff. And uh, yeah, we're both over the moon, delighted, can't wait. It's, uh, it, this is sort of our honeymoon, the sort of the, the, the international version of our honeymoon, uh, just before our third wedding anniversary. So just really to get that in there. Um, and yeah, we're, we're both really excited. It'd be strange Ooh. to fly internationally again. We haven't been international since 2019. We went to Prague. And yep. uh, I haven't been back to the States in oof, 15 years or so, maybe more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, super excited. And uh, there's a lot to do. We have, a, we have an itinerary. Wouldn't be a Cosgrove holiday without one. So there's a bunch of stuff to see and do. And uh, there's, there's aircraft carriers to be seen. Of there course. are art museums to gawk at. There is pizza to eat. Uh, I'm told there's a restaurant that serves cream cheese, flavored cream cheese, like ice cream. So there's that. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a busy 10 days. It's, it's going to be quite a calorific 10 days by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to just keep walking. I mean, how long is a block anyway? We'll walk a few, a few, you know, 10 score blocks, and then we'll have walked off whatever energy that, that required. Absolutely. Just remember, you know, when the sun sets, get in a cab, get yourself to safety. Very exciting. I've never spent any time in New York. I'd, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Mm. Uh, so if I, not that this will help because we'll be, so we'll be coming home as soon as everybody knows. Uh, I'll post in Slack, actually. Um, so this is, again, no help to anyone listening, but um, I'm going to check Slack and see if anyone has any suggestions. We have a bunch of places we want to see. Obviously, it would have been great to see CW Pencils. Sadly, that, that that's not going to happen. But mm. uh, yeah, the, it's just it's just exciting, right? It's nice to go somewhere you've never been and just immerse yourself. So we're there for a good long time. Uh, so we have a bit of time to actually see stuff we're not you know running off for three days and ooh, sure can't do this gotta go home so now i'm looking forward to actually getting to get the feel of a city you know we were in london there not that long ago and i've been in london before but even then we stayed in a different part and it was just a really good immersion in a really cool city and so i'm looking forward to, to hopefully starting that again this weekend fantastic it sounds like a great great little time away a tonic as they say mm, absolutely uh, well, what's happening in my world? Mrs. L Senior, or Mumsy, as I like to call her, uh, she's, she's had a few weeks in the hospital. Mm. Um, she, she sort of got herself a bit, um, she got some sort of infection, got dehydrated, um, and that sort of, you know, rumbled into a load of complications and things. Um, you know, she's getting on a bit, is Mumsy. Um, but she's, she's come through it all. She's, uh, I think, medically okay. sorted now. Um, but I think she's really feeling her frailty if, yeah. if there's such a thing. And she's going, oh, yeah, this is this is quite tough, this getting old thing. Um, so she's got some carers coming in, um, and she's now told them that they can come once a day, not twice a day. She's had enough of this twice a day nonsense. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm guessing that she's coming back to form. But that's been quite sort of dominating um, for me, just sort mm. of, you know, at the end of a phone or whatever, just oh, what's going on, what's what's good, what's not good. Um, other than that, well, Mrs. L still 
junior still works away at the school and brings me back the uh, uh, the blow-by-blow accounts of the life and times. I mean, if I were a writer, I would be taking notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Uh, because some of the stuff that appears to go on in the school is just fantastic. If you made it up, they wouldn't believe you. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Now, TJ, before we get into any sort of topic and any sort mm. of, well, I mean, three pin plugs, I mean, who knows how they're going to happen in this modern age. <laughs> While they're happening, I'm going to take my headphones off and uh, take a comfort break, get myself a mm-hmm. beverage, mm-hmm. and be back in about two and a half minutes. Okay. Do you want and to pause? That, or do you want to... I just leave it running, I think, don't we? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, just, I'll give everyone listening two and a half minutes. No, I'm only kidding. I'll jump ahead. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, be back. It's as though I barely left. <laughs> I managed to feed the dog, and now I'm checking my to-do list to make sure everything oh. that needs to be to done is to done. That's I mean that's productivity taken to a high level there, TJ. <laughs> as as old mean, fellas can't can't do those things anymore. We get, <laughs> not as quick as we used to be. Right? It's not worth doing if it's not worth overdoing and with <laughs> too much detail. <laughs> now there we go there there, there is the the uh, cosgrove maxim <laughs> yeah that in latin is our family motto <laughs> latin i'm telling latin. you what's latin <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right we're back i don't think we'll have we a three are. pin plug I think we'll have and apparently plug. this evening we're going to talk about digital gardening tj what mm. the is digital gardening. <laughs> so I sent you a link. I think you read it. Judging by your Sarky comments at the top and then something that veers towards understanding at the bottom of the sentence. <laughs> Obviously, uh, all the Sarky comments at the top were made before realising that you'd sent me a link. Oh, there's a link. Oh, let me have a look at the link. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, this is an interesting concept. I, I'm not the first to coin it. I'm not the first to talk about it. I'm sure there's a, a hundred podcasts have talked about this before, but it's something that's interesting and it, it dovetails nicely with Obsidian, which we talked about before, and various note-taking, note-making, website-y things that we've we've sort of touched on. So I thought it might be an interesting intersect. Um, digital gardening is the idea of uh, having a space where you show things on the internet that isn't a website in the, the typical sense of a website. I mean, functionally, it's a website, right? The website being a link, a set of uh, hyperlink connected pages, fine, it's a website. But it's the the sort of the, the idea behind it and the way that it's it's engaged with is different. So most websites are relatively static. The idea is that you put some information up and then it, it's there. It's, it's done, tick, done, uploaded, published, it's there. A digital garden is a little bit more like uh, working with the garage door open. It's that idea of like, these are functional notes. They may change, they may move, they may uh, mutate, and that's okay. And you may come back and this is a very different site than it was when you left it a week ago. And that's kind of the point. So it's less about permanence and more about growth and more about uh, creativity and building something. So I've been experimenting with mine. I have... um, I have a bunch of Obsidian vaults that I've been playing with, and I have um, a couple that I'm working, well, one in particular I'm working with um, for the idea of this digital gardening, 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting. It's interesting to to reframe how you want to share things um, in a world where Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is, you know, a, a primary method of communication for many people. How do you show things that you're passionate about without falling into the trap of, you know, the third person Facebook post that we all used to do? You know, such and such is uh, eating a hamburger. It's delish. Is that really what you want to put out into the world is that helpful is that good maybe it is maybe it's amazing but it's for me certainly in the last sort of four or five years i've really thought about how i want to engage with the internet and how i want to put things up and what i want to put up and a lot of it seems a bit banal and silly and i i've stopped using a lot of social media just because i can't be bothered I can't be arsed it's like what's what's the point in me posting my tepid vapid thoughts about a series once I enjoy talking about shows on the on the podcast. I enjoy talking about movies because it's it's a chat with a friend that we know people listen to. You know, we know there's a, a small group of people that enjoy hearing us waffle on. Uh, I guess that's the the synopsis for what digital gardening is. It's that idea of I'm just just having a chat, having a think, letting these things percolate. How does that work? And what am I going to do here? And yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. I'm not sure that I'm sold on it as a thing that I'm going to keep doing. But certainly it's fun to play with the tech. It's fun to play with the idea and just see, you know, try it on, see how it feels. So, I mean, the first question is, where are you doing this, TJ? Is there a, you know, a live TJ example of this? There is. And I may or may not. I think I'll publish. I'll send you it for sure. For sure. I'm not sure if I'll, I'll open the doors wide to the, the multitudes of masses. That well, are it's not a podcast. digital garden if nobody can find it, TJ. Well, no, it's a walled garden. It's an apple garden. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> God, I set that up and he took it. Um, I'll send you the link to mine. Mine is... Uh, at the minute, primarily just things that I've watched, read, and or want to watch mm-hmm. or read, um, which is useful to me, right? It's stuff that I already track. I already track all the things I watch, what I thought of them when I watched them. And then being able to put that into a format uh, that is visible. It's the only thing I could think of that I'd be sharing that isn't, I don't know, silly. For me, it was like, this is stuff I'm enjoying watching this. I like to talk about it. But do you uh, does does the uh, the digital garden allow for guest gardeners? I mean, can you can you comment yeah, or is yeah, it yeah. just your thoughts? Um, I haven't done it, but I'm pretty sure you can invite guest collaborators. And there's something mine's done through Obsidian, right? So the Obsidian yep. Publish mm-hmm. uh, allows you for a small fee to basically publish your markdown notes as a website. It's similar to how Ghost works, I think, and it's similar to how Jekyll, which is a static site generator, works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an interesting platform. It's one I really like. I really like Obsidian. Um, I actually used it for my master's notes and I was able to publish my notes for my supervisor and various other people to see. So I didn't have to send them stuff. It was just like, here's the site. I'm accountable because you can see there's minutes, there's all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've now taken that down and reusing the site license I had for that for this just to play sure. around because I've, I've finished the master's now. Um, How did that go, by the way? Oh, yeah. Uh, I finished the master's. It went really well. Uh, I I got a good mark. I'm very pleased. I graduate in July. Okay. When you say you got a good mark, Cosgrove, <laughs> as someone who's um, taking a master's, um, go, yeah, just just see if you could, you know, I don't know, elucidate a little on what mm, a good mark might be. I mean, I study too much for these things, and I enjoy the process, so I spent three years making sure my marks were above 70 for all of the things. Mm -hmm. So I finished with an average of 76, which is good. 
uh, which means it's a distinction for our masters because they're graded slightly differently. 76. Yeah. That's not good, TJ. That's extraordinary. That's brilliant. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Listen, I, 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 me over here, old person, all right? I know a thing about business administration, all right? I've run businesses. I've... Dare I say it, I've made money on business. You know, I, I know my stuff. And my first module, I did not get 76. <laughs> uh, I mean, I enjoy the stuff, right? So it's 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 not the same as slogging away at something that was really, really hard and I hated it. Um, it was hard, it was reasonably difficult, and it was a pivot for me from my creative background to go into programming, but it's a lot sickening, of... Cosgrove. That's what it is. Sickening. All right. yeah, just my creative background, which I've excelled at and done very well. I, I thought I'd move to business and just get myself a distinction. What? Yeah, my, my vibe is just disgusting humility. That's what I'm going for here. Just... <laughs> so what are, you, what are you doing next? Have a cure for cancer or, you know, medical science? I Perhaps... thought I'd just, I'd solve world hungry on my way to Mars. I thought that would be the next best. Now listen, if you're solving world hungry, you're going to need to rethink about it. Just solve world hunger first. You and Bill Gates can fight that out. World hungry, you've got no chance because I'm always famished. Oh, so yeah. No, the Masters went really well. I'm really pleased with it. And now that oh, I've finished, well done. I was able to parlay that um, Obsidian Publish into this. And it's great. I mean, have you, you've, you've read the article I sent you. I'll put it in the show notes. This yep. one explains it really well. Is this something you're aware of beforehand? Does it does it tie in with how you're looking at the many facets of the fractal that is Stu Lennon? <laughs> yeah, a fractal, that's a very kind way of putting it, TJ. Um, <laughs> the schizophrenia that is the Lennon world, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I suppose it's one of those things, I read it and I went, um, no, this, is, this is the internet, isn't it? Um, <laughs> purely and simply because... I suppose we all form our own view of what the internet is. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are, dare I say it, thought leaders that, that help us come <laughs> to our conclusions, but also uh, experience. So, um, you know, I learned quite early on in the whole sort of blogging thing, which came very, very late for me. It was about the same time that podcasting came along. Um, was Like a freight train in the night. Yeah, exactly. It was like the first blog I read, I wrote. Um, it very quickly. I learned, yeah, turn turn comments off because, yeah. regrettably, um, you know, bots will come and and try and spam your your blog. Uh, and the people that do want to comment, you'll get sort of one or two who are very kind and uh, gentle people that actually you think, do you know, what? I quite like to interact with this person and 20 others that will call you 25 types of nasty person. And it's like, oh, oh okay. I'm Not so sure. glad I opened up this this window yeah. to my house so you could throw raw sewage into it for me. Exactly. And so everybody sort of goes, yeah, never read the comments, never read the comments. Uh, so my blog has always been, uh, to a certain extent, um, a, a garden in that respect. And also, I mean, I have to say that because I record my posts for, for subscribers, uh, I automatically at that point go, why did I publish this with seven typos and four repeated phrases? Right, I'll just change that. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, so to a certain extent, I cheat. My, my blog posts from a month ago look a lot better than my blog posts from a week ago because I spotted more mistakes <laughs> and changed them. 
Um, so you're pruning, th- you're pruning the, <laughs> yes. uh, I believe <laughs> the that's the correct phrase. Yes. Um, so from that point of view, I, I think it is interesting and it ties in with stuff that I'm working on at the moment. I'm, I'm an mm. obsidian sort of guy as well. Um, insofar as I use obsidian or at least 2% of obsidian, the other 98% largely remains a mystery to me, despite me watching, you know, several videos on how to, to harness it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Whatever I learn, I instantly forget. And then I come back and go, oh, how'd you do that again? Oh, I did the hardest write it down. Um, so I really enjoy the, the concept of, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, linking your thinking. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But his passion is incredible. And he um, has, you know, sort of built a whole... Um, sort of industry out of this about, you know, revolutionizing the way we think and how to take notes and make notes, sense-making, TJ, and other such um, sort of buzzwords. And then there's another guy who's who's doing a local Tiago Forte. I don't know if you've yep. come across him. Yep. Second brain, yeah, building a second brain. Um, and I'm really interested in that because I find I use Obsidian for, for studies as well, for my study notes. Mm. Um, and it, there is undoubtedly something very powerful about saying, oh, hang on, that links to that and that links to this and being yeah. able to very quickly make that work. Um, most importantly, I think it's a way of saying, actually, taking notes is important. It always was. <laughs> it always will be. <laughs> you may have forgotten this in the past, but, you know, take notes. Um, and when I'm uh, – sometimes I get ideas for books – uh, or just stories, I hear something that makes me think, oh, wow, I wonder what actually happened there. And um, putting that down into something like Obsidian, there's lots of alternatives, but putting something in there and going, oh, hang on, that links to this, and which links to that, which that that's incredibly powerful. And I, I really enjoy that. Putting it out onto the web, as I say, I kind of do anyway, I think. Um, and I, what I love about the concept, the, the, the link you sent, Nest Labs, there, mm. is that there's a real focus on taking the code away. Yeah. Don't, don't allow this stuff to become uh, exclusive or geeky. Yeah, it's not a product. It's not a thing. It's just an idea. Yeah. It's, you know, if you can write words... You should be able to press a button and make this appear somewhere yeah. and be accessible to people. Um, and there are some sort of projects that go on and things that go on that I, I look at it and I go, mm, it's all very cool, but it's all a bit exclusive. Um, and to that end, I, I sent you a link. So Merlin Mann, I listen to a lot of his podcasts. Mm. Um, and he's got the, the Wisdom Project. Um, which is very similar to this, you know, a, a digital garden. And I really liked what he was doing until he sort of took a left turn and and got himself uh, involved. Oh, you can do all this on GitHub and and this and that. And oh, isn't that really clever? And I'm thinking, but you've just taken that away from so many people. Because GitHub I, is great, yeah. I can see yeah, the issue of it being inaccessible versus GitHub being a really good way to back up and share and collaborate and that kind of thing. Yeah, but he doesn't want to collaborate. Um, he, he wants this to be, 
you know, very straightforward and very, you know, text-based and simple. And I really admire all of that. But it's GitHub, which looks intimidating. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the page now and I'm going, okay, so issues, pull request, actions, projects, wiki, security, <laughs> insight. Yeah, yeah. Huh? What? Who? Where? Oh, no, hang on. Let me go down a bit. Oh, raw or blame? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, I think there's some incredibly smart people out there, and most of those smart people don't get uh, a platform. And if if the web offers anything, it should offer the ability for people to, you know, say useful things and have useful thoughts, mm. whether collaboratively or not, and and put them out there. And I mean, I don't know. You, you might be able to give me some insight to this. Web three, what's that, DJ? What what is Web three? You've got 18 seconds, go. It's just a buzzword for lots of different technologies working together to do things slightly better than before. Okay, um, with the obvious drawback that they're doing everything worse than it was done before. Uh, and mostly lying, it would appear, to, you know, an outsider with no strong opinion, obviously. <laughs> It is funny because there's there's so much growth in the internet. The internet is relatively young. I think the internet was born. It's either I think it's three days after me. I'm pretty sure. I'm genuinely. It's it's Look, August. I've always 91. blamed you to be honest. Yeah. Well, that is that is true. I did precede the internet, so I think I'm responsible for it. I'm sorry. Um, but it, it's a relatively young concept, and certainly in in terms of people using it productively or unproductively, it's even younger. <laughs> yeah. And. It's always funny to me when you run across the sort of hypertext equivalent of a fossil, some 90s website that looks every bit the 90s. You know, there's there's marquee text bouncing from one side of the page to the other. There's oh, I'm, I'm glad background. you're still checking my websites. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> the tiled background, the absolutely unintelligible font choice over an unequally confusing font color over mm -hmm. just just way too many different choices of style and, and, and layout. Uh, you're at the Microsoft website now. Eh? Yep. <laughs> but there's something so charming about them. And and it's that idea of a homepage, right? That's, that's what these little gardens are. It's a little, mm -hmm. it's the very English concept of, uh, what do you call them? The little communal gardens that you rent. I've completely blanked on the name. <laughs> Allotments. Allotments. It's that, right? It's a little piece of ground that you can build something on yeah. that is visible to everyone else, but is yours, right? And you can cooperate with people or you can do it on your own. And it's about building something for your own edification just because, because you want to grow some carrots or you want to write some stories or you want to draw some pictures, whatever it might be. And that concept is lovely in a world that is Oh, I got to tweet something funny so that my engagement will go up so that people will follow me on this and I can convert to get my KPIs up. And it's like, ah, don't care. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have something that's just, no, this is nice. And I do it because I enjoy it. And it really doesn't do anything other than what it does. Like it has no larger meaning, it has no yep. overarching purpose. It just is. And there's something quite pleasant about that uh, in, in sort of in relief to. The way most social media works with its, you know, Instagram is showing off what a nice coffee you had or or your abs or where you've been on holiday. And that's great. Like, those are all fantastic things to show people. But it's performative, whereas this is less performative and more kind mm. of, oh, 
hello as you lean on the, the garden fence and chat about your carrots that you grew last week. Um, it's a private space in the public arena, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think sort of um, unconsciously or subconsciously or completely sort of ignorantly, um, <laughs> I've, I've been drifting into this for a while. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really post on um, Instagram at all anymore. Yeah. Um, and and I don't do it on on Nero's account on Instagram, which is you know undoubtedly bad for business. Um, as one as one loyal customer said, you know I I like seeing the, the pictures; they remind me you're still there. Um, but I just can't be bothered. Um, and I've <laughs> never too much like work. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in fairness, I am you know pursuant to Tim Ferriss. I'm now researching getting some lovely person. In, in a country that's much cheaper than the one I live in to do it for me. But um, I, I just feel bad about the whole idea of doing that. But that, that's a separate thing. I just, you know, I, I don't care. I really, really don't care about <laughs> people's Instagram accounts. And um, I mean, I'll give you an example. It's funny because I hang out with a lot of older guys now, right? You know, we're all old fellas playing golf. Beer? Okay. Um, and um, at the halfway house at a golf club that I used to play at, I don't play it anymore, there was, it was the halfway house, which is a little sort of bar sandwich, sort of, it had a little barbecue actually, this one, um, was run by, by um, a Finnish lady who was, you know, older than me. Um, and I think quite fond of a drink. Because, you know, sometimes in the morning she would smell a little bit like vodka. Um, but she was lovely. She was charming. And I remember this was one day a couple of years ago. She went, oh, you should, you know, you should check out my daughter's Instagram. She's lovely. She's great. And, and we all sort of went, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then sort of went home and, oh, I better follow this. <laughs> daughter, don't get me. I, I don't know quite how to put this. She is traffic-stoppingly beautiful. She is a, an absolute fantasy for men and women. She's just incredible face, perfect body. She carries clothes so well. And she's currently doing a photo shoot in Venice. And literally, there are old men in my, in my golf club sort of passing out uh, uh, her photos. I mean, it's just astonishing. And I'm just sort of looking at this going, not sure this is really what this was supposed to be about. Um, I'm just, mm. and, and then I look and, you know, okay, I use, um, pens and I use pencils and notebooks and I think, okay, well, I'll just take a photo of the notebook. And I sort of go, really? I mean, do I want to take a photo of my notebook? Is anybody that interested in my photo? Um, if people are that interested in my photo of my notebook, are we maybe doing something wrong? I this hasn't been a conscious thing. Honestly, I haven't sort of sat down and got, I tell you what, I'm going to become incredibly woke. It's not that. It's just, I've just sort of tired of it. To the extent that I spend more time now on Twitter, where you can just be abusive in short words. Um, but my blog, I, I love. I put posts out there. I don't allow comments. Um, I have no stats. I've got no idea how many people mm. follow it. Um, or read it. Um, I think the stats do exist, but I I don't look at them. Yeah, because I'm I'm not really putting it out there for that. It's as you say, you know, this is this is my sort of thoughts on something you probably don't care about. 
So tomorrow there's a post going up, and I'm talking about cricket. <laughs> Most of my audience is going to go cricket. <laughs> call that one the audience slayer. Yeah, exactly. It's just like mm. but, the reach know, crusher. It was kind of on my mind. Um, and so I do love the idea of this whole sort of, you know, it's a digital garden. It's a place where you can explore your creativity. It's a place where you can develop your thoughts um, and create an opportunity for discourse because people can find you. Even if they can't comment, they can say, oh, do you know what? That Cosgrove fellow might be onto something. I must find out who he is, where he is, how, how I can reach him. Yeah, let me send him an email. Let me find him on. Yeah. on oh, you know, that that's the useful benefit from it rather than, hey, come and thumbs up, like smash the like button, hit the subscribe <laughs> bell, do that because I can exactly. get the algorithm. You know, it's it's just, and I think I've reached um, old age early because I'm just, I can't be bothered. Just... Mm. And and it's nice to be to be passionate and to share something you're passionate about. And once it gets super uber commercialized and it becomes like a second job and you're you're pressing all these buttons to make sure this is in place and this is tagged and that's done like that. It just it loses a bit of the joy for me. And so I've rediscovered some of that. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, it's cool to post this because I'm just talking about movies I've seen or books that I want to read and things like that, which are on the whole meaningless. But someone might go. Oh, that's an interesting book suggestion. I hadn't heard that one before, which is exactly how I add to mine because I've seen someone else saying, I read this and it was really good. Mm. And it goes into my list. And I think that that kind of net positivity is good. That's the the kind of sharing I enjoy. Um, and it's just a different way of looking at it. It's not revolutionary. It's not some sort of magic concept that's going to fix the internet and how people use it. But it's just a nice way. It's a nicer way for me, certainly, to, to engage with with sharing. Uh, in a way that is in my control rather than just, yeah, share everything all the time. I think it's got a lot more chance than Web3, to be honest. I don't actually know what Web3 is. I mean, I've, I guesstimated, but yeah, mm. I'll put a yeah. link. It's, it, I mean, some of the stuff that's going on is is bizarre. I mean, I'm getting now people in their 70s coming to me and saying, should I get into NFTs? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Absolutely not. Why not? Well, what is an NFT? I've no idea. There you go. There's your reason. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, don't buy it. Um, and also, just the whole sort of chat and and sort of hype around crypto and uh, it's you know I sort of sit there feeling older and older, TJ, because. <laughs> You've got this to look forward to, but your um, ability to spot uh, bleep, 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 bleep here just gets stronger and stronger. (laughs) And you can just look at something and read something and go, that is an utter scam. That looks an awful lot like the nonsense we saw last year. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there are people running scams last run in 1890. You know, they're back again. And you're just looking at going, hmm. And the scary thing is that some of them are billionaires. Some of them are sort of, you know, famous uh, entertainment professionals. And you're like, stop it. Honestly, (laughs) stop it. But, yeah, it's just maybe (laughs) me getting grumpier and older, perhaps. So do you think your digital gardening is going to be a thing for you? Is it a fad for you? Is it an exploration for you? What is it? 
it's definitely an exploration at the minute. I don't know whether I'll take it forward. I, know, I think my uh, published membership runs until September because okay. uh, I bought the year and I didn't. And this is me just swapping the site over to a different one. Um, I may well renew then if I'm enjoying it. That was the point is to start it early, have a few months to sort of play around and see if it's something that works. Because I have to if, say, it's not expensive, is it? No, I think for publishing. it's... I have a different, because I was on an early, I think I got an early bird special, but I think mine was like 70 pounds for the year, Mm -hmm. which is pretty reasonable for hosting. Um, I think it's slightly more than that now. But again, you don't have to do it. This is just through their system. It's just Mm. static uh, .md files. So you can host them with Jekyll. You can host them with Ghost. You can do all sorts. Sure, you could do micro.blog and all sorts of things. Yeah, there's a hundred different options. That's the the, sort of the joy of it is that it's not a walled garden. Mm. Uh, You can just make it one. Um, It's just (laughs) A, a way of doing things that is a slightly different approach than okay polish 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 tag 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 seo optimization release move on you know it's more about yeah yeah this is gonna throw that out there okay yeah, I'll, I'll tweak that yeah it's not quite right and the joy is in the imperfection the joy is in the the kind of the craft and the, the building of it rather than the perfection of it mm-hmm. uh, and so i think the focus is more on the process rather than the product and there's something i think tangibly more useful in that because you can look at someone's product some some polished thing that they made at the other end and go oh that's class that's brilliant how did you make that and have no idea because it's the how you got there from zero means utterly unintelligible whereas if you see the sketches if you see the the back of the napkin um (laughs) guesstimations and then those slowly form into something a bit more polished i think that's a lot more accessible and a lot more, um, for me, it's more inspiring. It's more, it's easier to see myself building something or making something in that vein if I can see someone's show they're working. So I enjoy it. But it does mean you have to publish it, TJ. You have to sort of, you know, make it available. Because yeah. if if you don't, then others won't. And, you know, we won't, we won't find those journeys, as it were. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'll stick mine in the, in the Slack and you can have a look. Um, hmm. And see what people think. And then maybe push it wider than that. But I'm enjoying gardening with my very, very high walls right now. Uh, maybe I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll open the gate sometime, but not quite yet. Yeah, no, I have to say, I mean, when I first sort of saw the, the topic you suggested, I, I, I thought of digital gardening in a more literal sense of, um, <laughs> well, no, 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 more literal is a completely, <laughs> completely erroneous description. I do apologize. I'll have some more wine. I'll be back in a minute. No. Um, just, I have a load of stuff in my in my garden, if we're going to stretch this metaphor forever. No, this, this is another term that's been used in this area about the, the pruning and the weeds. Mm. Yeah, because I have, I have so much um, sort of input where um, I, I guess like you, there, there are some people who I go, do you know what, I'm going to sign up to that person's newsletter because I think they have something to say um, uh, as opposed to something to sell. <laughs> which is you know, slightly different um a different side of the same coin yeah yeah i mean there is a bit of that and you you know i find myself going okay i've now got 36 people who apparently i want to listen to every word they say mm, okay how do we make that 18 and that that's where we get into that pruning process and yeah. going yeah, yeah. do you know what uh you know tim thanks thanks very much mate but no i don't need any food supplements or you know whatever it might be um and I, I find the whole thing so painful. I've got to say, I do it with podcasts. Um, 
podcasts have changed. I mean, this one hasn't. I mean, apart from going monthly, we 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 don't sort of demand extra money or well, any money, in fact. But there are some podcasts now who've moved away from advertising and said, "Okay, you can support me directly. Here's my Patreon memberful, whatever it might be." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know great. I, I'm all for it, and I support several. Um, but there are some I support, and I go, hmm. I think now that I support you, I enjoy you less than when I didn't support you. <laughs> Do you feel that they're now beholden to what you want? Like, I'm paying for this, so suddenly I want more or different, or I want to have a seat at the table, versus this is great. I'm lucky to be here. I'm so glad you're making this. Yeah, no, it's I a- mean, generally I support because I think I really like what you do. And you should be rewarded for that. Exactly. That, yeah. That's my thought process. Not, oh, I get extra. Um, but then, once I am a supporter, there's an element of, okay, so what am I getting for this support? Am I, am I actually, hmm, okay. Particularly when, you know, I know the, the person concerned is still advertising or whatever, you know, still getting revenue from my listens. As it were. It's a complicated thing. And I, I, I'm not judging anyone for it, mm. but I'm just sort of reacting to how I go. Mm. It's really easy for me to think these 30 people need support it. Oh, hang on. They all want $10. That's $300. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is not a sustainable <laughs> monthly yeah. outgoing. Yeah. I need, I need to think about that a little bit more um, and sort of cutting it down. And that to me is that sort of pruning weeding process of going, okay, and I find the same also with, with podcasts that I don't support, you know, free podcasts. And I go, right, as long as I listen to podcasts for 14 hours every day with no days off, I can keep up. No, no, clearly I'm doing this wrong. I need to, I need to prune that. I need to reduce that. Um, uh, RSS feeds. I have... I don't know how many I've got, but, you know, I keep looking at my um, RSS reader and going, oh, 42 articles. Wow. <laughs> I only looked at this an hour ago. I mean, I don't think it's quite that bad, but it's so easy to get overloaded with all this this data yeah, and And behind and overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, and just suddenly think, oh, but I haven't read the latest article from Dinky Winky. And I'm thinking, actually... Two years ago, okay. I had no idea who Dinky Winky was. <laughs> In two years from now, I probably won't remember either. Um, but it creates that, as you say, that anxiety within yourself. Mm. And I, I have to be very conscious about that digital gardening because I feel very good about myself where I'm saying, show me a quote from these books that I've enjoyed, that I've highlighted the quote. Show me that every morning until it becomes a chore. And I'm like, whoa, hang on. I've got stuff to do. I've got dogs to walk. I've got showers to have. I mean, I can't be reading these quotes from, you know. Um, it's so easy to let this stuff get on top of you. Yeah. And and that also is digital gardening, I think. The, the ability to sort of go back to all of these feeds and go, okay, two out of three of you are going. You know, and, and it needs to be something as ruthless as that. You go, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, and cut and cut and cut. I'm, I'm definitely at the point where I'm going, Mm. Every time this notification comes up, I'm saying ignore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is this is probably time for me to rethink this. Well, the the beauty of the digital though is that take take this as an analog perspective. If you had a bunch of magazine subscriptions, like actual magazine subscriptions coming through the post and landing on your doorstep every month, start of the month, and you had this exact same thought process, it would be a very binary decision. It'd be okay, keep, cancel, keep. Cancel, keep, I, keep. Are cancel. you implying I don't have this problem? 
<laughs> I'm sure you have some, but I'm saying if all of your inputs were digital sure. or were analog physical yeah, things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't you can't opt maybe. You can't put it away somewhere because you'll just have stacks of magazines in the back bedroom and mm. there's a term for that. Um, so <laughs> the idea of digital is great because you can say, yes, but not now, or yes, mm -hmm. but on my terms. And sure. so you can have a feed that is, yes, this is what I want to read every day. And then you have just a, a massive swimming pool full of stuff that occasionally you go and dip your toes in because you fancy something different. And yeah, the nice you, thing is you can have those pools, right? <laughs> if you have hey email, you just put all this stuff into the feed and never, ever see it again. That, <laughs> that's how hey email works. It, it's the equivalent of a black hole. Can this come to your inbox? No, it can go to my feed. What's your feed? It's a black hole. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what I would do. So I... I when I moved to the iPhone, I did pretty much that. I went, oh, I haven't really listened to that in ages. Oh, I can't be. And I, I did sort of a, a more aggressive version of this where I didn't even save the ones. So there's definitely podcasts that I've lost in that transition that I, I did enjoy and I probably sure. would enjoy again, but I will have to rediscover or remember them. Mm. Uh, I think, to be honest, if I did it again, I'd probably do a softer approach where I go, yeah, yeah, cool. These are the three or four that I actually listen to with some regularity. And then everything else is in the big bucket that sometimes I decide to go and take a scoop out of. Sure. Uh, and that's on my terms, in my time, when I have an hour. Oh, we're going for a walk. Yeah, I can manage something a bit longer. I wonder what such and such has talked about recently. And then yeah. you go and look for it. And yeah, it's I mean, I push think, I think, pull. I think the, most, yeah, the most important thing is that attitude shift of, of saying, well, I can set up a playlist that is my, you know, these are my must-listens. Yeah. And, and that stuff is, yeah, you know. And likewise with uh, RSS feeds, there's, Nothing to stop you having a sort of infinite RSS feed with, you know, four or five articles that, you know, Brad Dowdy has spoken, I must read, um, or, you know, wh wh whatever <laughs> yeah. it is that you're into. Um, but I, <laughs> I guess it, it's a reflection again of me. I'm like, I, I have said I listen to this podcast, therefore I will listen to every single episode of this podcast. For I will listen to and it forever. At normal speed. I will not accelerate this podcast, nor will I skip bits that annoy me, because this is my penance, oh Lord. <laughs> um, I sort of find myself in that space going, mm, yeah, this is, really isn't very sensible. Uh, and then feeling incredibly guilty. <laughs> you know, so I'm just going to reduce my donation to that podcast. Oh, no. They're all going to starve. <laughs> oh. um, it's weird. It's very, very weird. But these walled gardens, or unwalled gardens, I think are a good idea because I, the internet is full of echo chambers. Um, what's harder to find on the internet, I think, is people's genuine, sincere, original thought. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure this solves it entirely because I'm sure you sit with a filter and I sit with a filter. And, and you think, okay, I'm not going to step onto this particular arena. I mean, I know from doing podcasts with two sensible people, so you and Justin, are <laughs> both very, I suppose, intentional and com contemplate mm. before publishing. I, I would blunder into all sorts of areas that are contentious <laughs> and, and occasionally want to, 
you know, I'm like, okay, guys, let's talk about this. And both of you sort of very gently and politely go, no, shut up, idiot. <laughs> um, and I think we do that when we're writing. So if you want to write about gun control, if you want to write about um, abortion rights or the, the right to live, you know, however mm. you want to phrase those arguments, those types of things are going to get a reaction. Yeah. And, and therefore you think very carefully about publishing on them. And that, that's good. You know, I don't want to offend anybody when I write. However, I think we are creating a world where there's a there are two two narratives one that we can talk about and one that we can't mm. and i think that's really dangerous i think that's really scary and so i hope that these gardens will allow people to explore difficult and contentious issues without um i still i still go back to the phrase that you used strong convictions loosely held yeah that that's how we should think and that's how we should promote other people to think and that's you know gently we should put these things out there and say you know this is kind of where i am with this thing and this is where i'm going and this is what i think um and it's you know filters are good and they're bad i suppose that's the point i'm making in a very sort of uh, long-winded way is if we can find a way to have reasonable dialogue without it becoming so polemic i think that would be a really big step forward yeah yeah and and i, I as you say i don't think this is necessarily the fix but it's no. definitely a better option in terms of being able to share something genuine certainly for me anyway it's yeah. it's, it's sharing something that i like that i'm enjoying and it feels fresh and new and and real rather than polished and uh perfect and kind of uh, approved stamped ready for social media you know that that idea um well there, yeah. there is there is a cosgrove concern and a cosgrove um reluctance to to publish because you write yeah. I, I know you write mm. um you write blog posts you write longer form stuff but you keep it all very close. You're very reluctant to to sort of set it into the world, aren't you? Yeah. And I think part of that is is a is an exploration of me in that I'm going, I actually don't care what anyone else thinks about this. And it's odd because it sounds like the exact opposite, but it's it's so much <laughs> so that like I don't need the validation of publishing this right now because I'm happy that I'm working on it and just tinkering and it's fun and I enjoy it and it makes me happy. But is that self-serving? Do you think? Well, well, if it's if it's fiction, then who cares, right? There's, there's more than enough fiction in the world. Nobody needs uh, a bunch of mine. <laughs> well, there's, but there's more than everything in the world. I mean, <laughs> nobody needs another opinion. I'm sure. But I don't know. Like for me, at the minute, I'm like I'm happy not sharing a bunch of this stuff because I enjoy having it just for me. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a reaction to social media. It's a reaction to sort of the last 10 or 15 years of the internet being ever more sharing, ever more, yes, tell us where you've been, tell us where you're going, tell us what you think. I still have those thoughts and feelings about stuff and I enjoy sharing them on the podcast in a limited form. But with writing, I enjoy writing and I'm I'm still practicing writing, right? I know everybody is, but for me, I enjoy the craft of writing. I enjoy trying to figure out how to write uh, better and write sort of more and more authentically and and more to what I hope to be. Um, 
And so I don't necessarily want someone to come along and go, oh, you read Terry Pratchett. I can read that. And I'm going, yeah, but, you know, give me six months and I'll not read exactly like that. And it'll have developed a bit from there and I'll have brought in this. And I don't know. I think I will publish more. But for now, it feels (laughs) more comfortable not to. And and I'm okay with that. Like, it's it's a funny thing to be, to have stuff to be able to talk about or have stuff to be able to publish and decide not to. Because um, it's kind of the, the opposite of what the internet uh, as a large behemoth of a thing kind of wants you to do. Uh, so it it's definitely a strange thing sometimes to be like, yeah, I could publish this or I can make a blog, or, but I won't. I'll so just- in cricketing terms, Lennon is throwing down an off spinner, a leg spinner. Oh, there's a googly. That is the wrong one. And Cosgrove has met them all with a straight bat. Just push them straight back down the pitch. No run. <laughs> But a rock solid defense from the Northern Irishman. I mean, I, yeah, Pratchett I'm, read Shakespeare, but unless Pratchett put it out there, then nobody had Pratchett. Well, that's true. That's true. Again, I think that there is a certain amount of like, I don't need anyone's opinion on this. And also, I'm terrified of everyone's opinion of this. Ah, finally, we get there. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's this weird dichotomy where you can have those two things that sound. Uh, diametrically opposed you can have them in the same hand and go yeah this is how i feel uh, mm-hmm. i'm i'm both completely ambivalent and absolutely terrified of your opinion exactly and <laughs> I, I i think the moment of revelation comes when you realize that it's the terror that is driving all the other thought processes and that <laughs> the terror is engaging your considerable intellect into this wonderful defensive position that is impregnable <laughs> you are in fact the jeffrey boycott of of logic and it, you, your wicket cannot be taken however <laughs> um the reality is that putting this stuff out there doesn't i think having done it now to my own eternal pain doesn't um actually demand a response it doesn't look for validation I mean, I'm at the point now, I have to say, where I will finish this book if it kills me um, and put it out there. And I don't care what everybody thinks of it. Um, it needs to get better. And I've learned that through, through publishing it is a strong word, but through serializing it and getting people's feedback. There are things that I can change and I, and I will. And I'll put it out there and I'll go, do you know what? If I do that 20 more times, I'm going to get quite good at this. And... That's been revelatory to me to understand because before I think I was in a space where, you know, I sold my business. I'm now going to become a writer, flick hair at this point. Um, <laughs> and it's important to me that I'm good at that. And people that, yeah. you know, look at me in the same way as they looked at me as a business person. Um, and now I don't care, actually, because as you say, you don't write for other people, you write for yourself. But putting it out is part of that process. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from the fact that <laughs> there's no point in writing it for yourself because you can play it in your brain much better than you can write it down anyway. So, you, I, you know, I think one needs to get to the point you just put it out and put it out and put it out and put it out. Don't care, don't care, don't care. And then suddenly you're Ian Rankin and people are going, <laughs> your stuff's brilliant. Or you're not, but you don't care. Because you've got this stuff out and you've got into the routine, you've got that creativity and the buzz that that gives you. Um, but you finally sort of shed 
all the defense mechanisms that we build <laughs> and going, it's okay. I'm no longer a cyborg. It's just me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that might just be me. I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps a little further on the journey just because I'm older than you, but I don't think I've been writing any longer than you. Hmm. Well, I think you probably, probably started quite another. young. Hmm? Did you not start writing quite young? I've dabbled with writing for many years, but it's one of those things that I've probably only really seriously looked at it and seriously tried in the last five or six uh, to actually write anything of any substance. And, and I've written very little in the grand scheme of things. Um, plenty of like, oh, half-baked idea. And then you write down the half-baked idea and then you further bake that idea until it's burnt. And then you realize that there's an awful lot more work in making it a thing than there is in thinking about it being a thing. And so you just continue to think about it being a thing rather than doing other work. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, got a digital garden, in which case you're showing your workings. Apparently. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> hmm. You've given mm. me some food for thought, Stu. There we so are. A challenge to Cosgrove <laughs> has been issued. <laughs> some compost on the, uh, the heap that is my digital garden. <laughs> are you telling me I'm talking sh- I can't believe that. <laughs> You're going to make me bleep at 1 hour 30, my goodness. The word <laughs> I, I said, sh- there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's a Scottish two. word. I'm going to charge you per beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe I can't say that. Well, <laughs> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to say, this has been 1857. Remember to make the past, the present, and the future. We'll just do it backwards. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how that dismount worked. It's been a while, in fairness. <laughs> stuck the landing. Cra- wrecked the gear, but stuck the landing. Uh, what do I usually say? Um, remember something the past? Now you do that. So <laughs> I say... Ah, oh, there we are! It's splendid. I've been Stu Lennon. <laughs> I've been DJ Cosgrove. I'm not fixing this. You get what we get. <laughs> honestly i remember when we used to have a high-powered editor it was great <laughs> those days are long gone <laughs> oh well i better press stop or drink another glass i'll press stop <laughs> <laughs>